Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is the weekly video games podcast where we give our impressions of the video games that you can play today and react to the latest news from the wonderful world of video games. We are here every Monday on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. I'm joined by the former Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz champion. It's Pac-Man himself. It's Tom Adcock. How's it going? It's going good, mate. How are you? Yep, not too bad. You were late to this rendezvous by over an hour of an original time and then an extra sort of 15 minutes having to be given, but... As people are in lockdown, there's all sorts of quizzes and stuff going on, so we're allowing people a little bit of extra time. But other than my time being wasted, I'm all right. We'll uh, we'll get through it, won't we? Yeah, I'm getting fed up with these quiz. This is the only quiz now, sort of in town for me now. It's the nest, like my nieces and nephews, yeah, all family, but like Australian family, UK. So it's kind of fun to see everyone. So this is the only one I kind of do. Yeah, all about when Dimp Digital's gaming quiz comes at the end of the year. Well, that's that's a mainstay, I mean. That's, right, that, actual, goes, that goes without question. Good. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. We've got a big show ahead of us this week. We're going to talk about Resident Evil 3, which is the remake of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Don't know why they took that off the title. Seems a bit weird. Um, but we're also going to talk about Resident Evil 7 and the DLC packs that accompany that game. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into other bits of Resident Evil as well, because... It's a, it's a long-running series now. There's all sorts of bits and bobs they've done, films and whatnot. So there's always plenty to talk about when it comes to Resident Evil. Before we get into the meat of the show, I just wanted to let everyone know that if you enjoy Idle Game Chat, first of all, make sure you tell all your mates, you know, there's a video games podcast out there and you can find us on the podcast app. You can find us on YouTube. It's all free. That's all good. But if you do want to support the show either just to give us a little tip or earn some cool perks or rewards, head over to patreon.com forward slash idle game chat, where you have the opportunity to become one of our very special patrons. If you don't want to, or you can't afford it, no bother. We'll thank you for giving up your time for listening, listening to us today. Adcock, I feel like I've asked this question about a dozen times on various podcasts, but this is Idle Game Chat, the new feed, the one and only feed. Before we get into the specifics of resi 3 and resi 7 where does the the franchise of resident evil sit in your your favorite gaming franchises is it in like the upper echelon of like your your most loved franchises mate when i first met you queuing midnight release resident <laughs> evil 6 didn't exist mm. laughed out of the call yeah i love these games man they're some of my favorites i don't i mean i do know why but they're i don't know if they're up there on everyone's list i guess i love survival horror um, yes and yeah, the series has taken some brilliant turns and some not so brilliant turns over the years, but it's always been like fun to play. I like the games are always kind of in that perfect time zone for me, you know, mm. sort of eight to 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, good mix of like horror, puzzle solving, action. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. I mean, they, they said it's a long running series, so it's picked up plenty of fans along the way. Um, I've only clocked so this is sort of like little cards on the table for me i've only clocked resident evil 6 
which is actually my first Resident Evil game. You, we played that co-op, didn't we, many years ago? Yep. Um, so that was a really good introduction to the series, really, considering <laughs> all the stuff that had come before. Uh, I've now done Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 2 Remake and the Resi 3 Remake. I've spent countless hours with, with Resi 1 Remake on PS4, and I think that was the original GameCube remake of that, so that's old tank controls and whatnot. And also tried to play through Resident Evil 4 but in all honesty for both the games I couldn't tolerate the fixed cameras in one and those tank controls even though you can turn them off it's still a pain in the arse like aiming and that and Resi 4 you know watershed game in, in many people's eyes but just not being able to move and shoot annoyed me and I think it just got the better of me in the end and in, and in many circles what I've just said there is blasphemy because those two in particular are seen as like all time classics and then I'm sitting here 20 odd years later on taking a big crap on them. You're you're the long term, perhaps lifetime fan. Does my does my perspective on the older games frustrate you, or or do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, no. I mean, I, you can't. It's, it's your opinion. It's fine. But yeah. I mean, I think because if you've played, because I sometimes dabble back it in old games. I think. I mean, to be honest, I haven't played either of those two in a long time, and I've only played through Resi 4 once. Cool. So, yeah. Um, I mean, Resident Evil Remake many more times, and I feel like I, that would... I mean, I haven't played it probably in five years now, but in my brain, I feel like it would still be okay for me, having played it so many times. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I do understand. I do. Like, trying to play anything, that you, if you haven't played it before, is really difficult when there are su- you know such big, like frustrations and bottleneck points you know with the control system like i played through shadow of the colossus recently yeah. and that's got a dog shit camera and that even that and that's one of my favorite games that i've played a bunch and yeah. that for the first time kind of really started frustrating me like in the remake of that so mm. no i get it i get it it's, i think it's a shame and also it's a great thing that you've well a shame that they haven't remade those ones yet and they've sort of you know started these remakes from two but yeah. whatever but the fact that you've actually been able to play like these like you know modern versions of two of the classic games really it's it's a good thing yeah the remakes are definitely more up my street um resi one's difficult to go back i I do want you to go back and just i think resi four is just more me i couldn't i didn't yeah that's definitely playable in 2020 there's nothing really wrong with that i'd argue resi one and the and the remake whatever they call it nowadays hd fucking classic or whatever I really want you to go back and try that. I, I just want that perspective to see whether you've still got it in the tank to, to deal with those tank controls and the other bits and pieces that go along with it. So that's going to be my aim for the year to try and get you to go back into the world of Resident Evil 1 and see if your your opinion changes. Um, Resi 3 Remake. I The only reason I'm sitting here playing this is because on Steam you can assign five people access to your Steam library um, and download the games and play them. I have access to Hogsworth Dave Sammons and he got Resident Evil 3 with a new graphics card. It appeared in his library. It gave me access, so I jumped on board and got it. And considering that both you and I loved Resident Evil 2 Remake last year, we did not take the bait on Resident Evil 3, did we? We did not want to delve back into the world of Raccoon City just that soon. 
was the was it the reviews that come out that put you off? Was it just this is too soon, or what was it that made you think ah I've I've, I've loved Resi Two Game of the Year for me last year, but not not something I'm willing to go back to that soon potentially. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of all of those things. So it does feel really soon, like almost yeah. exactly a year. Um, and I hadn't done the um, the second campaign in two. Yeah. And then the lukewarm reviews didn't really help. Had that have been, you know, on par with two or, you know, surpassing it, I think then that would have kind of forced my hand a bit. But the fact that it was a little bit more, even though I kind of, I looked at the, what people were saying were negative about the game. For me, I was like, well, that's fine for me. It's short. I've played it before. I know it's shorter. And to be honest, I know it's not quite as good a game as, you know, two, like yeah. par for par or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I always know I'll get around to it. I mean, probably when the price comes down or if someone gets it for me for a gift, then yeah. that's when I'll jump on. But I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this and, you know, if they do align with what other critics have said. Yeah, I mean the critics' response. On, we use Open Critic pretty much exclusively for our our fantasy gaming league and the Grand Prix, all that good stuff. And it's got seventy nine, and you contrast that to Resident Evil Two, that walked away with I think a ninety one or a ninety two when it was all said and done last year. So that is a that's, that's quite a big drop. It's a golf, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this year's remake. I said I played it and I finished it. Um, I haven't bothered with the online mode, Resistance, because I just don't really care about that side of things. Do you know how... I don't even know how it works. Like, um, so it's like a... Is it like a horde or... Kind of. You know when we played Dead by Daylight and it was like mm-hmm. 4v1? Yep. It's like that. There's four survivors that need to try and get out of a facility and there's one, what they call Mastermind. And the Mastermind can like set traps, spawn zombies and take control of some of the higher power of enemies. So like... I think you can spawn in the tyrant, for example, and then actually take control right. of him. And the aim is to stop people getting out. So it's like one of those asymmetric type things. Got yeah. Um, but to me, the, the the mainline campaign's where it's at, and I've got it in the books. It took me about seven to seven and a half hours. Now I'm quite a slow player, unless and unless I was comfortable with an area in the game. I'd be walking, checking corners, checking my six, and they'd still catch me out, like even when I was doing that. So they've still got those little bastard zombies that seem like they creep out from nowhere. Um, but as I said, the biggest talking point I saw when, when the game released was that Resi Free was criticised for its length. Uh, that's what she said. But the um, sort of easy that one, wasn't it? The um, you can you can certainly barrel through the game in le- in probably less than half the time I've done it in. But that's for people I, I feel that are purposely kind of trying to breakneck the game. Um, it was released, and the, and the RRP recommended retail price over here in the UK was 50 UK pans. So if you're looking at it as I don't care about the multiplayer, and this is going to be a one and done run through on the campaign, you could argue that seven to seven and a half hours is a bit steep. Uh, what I will say though is much like Resident Evil 2 remake. There are incentives to replay the game, put it on a harder difficulty, unlock new starting weapons and collectibles. Now, for me, I don't do things like that, but that's that's just my personal choice. If I'm one of those people that loves mastering games, speed running, unlocking cool things, then I would say the value's still there because it's only a couple of hours short of what really Resident Evil 2 was, and it still has all that cool stuff that you can do and, and, and steamroll through and master it, but... 
having heard that little spiel, well, how's that sitting with you? I mean, yeah, it's pretty much what I, I've, you know, heard and thought. My, what, what I don't understand is the fact that it is literally like 11, 12 months from when two came out. Mm. So, you're, you know, you're, you're well within the hype world still and people are still talking about the old one, how good it was. It wasn't like it needed to be rushed out. And I heard that they've actually cut. I mean, my memory of this game is quite hazy. I think I've only played through it once. Yeah, back in the PlayStation days, but I know there's like a clock tower, and I think in this one you have a fight outside it. But in the like OG game, you had a that was a whole like section of the world inside that clock tower. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of other sections that have had a similar treatment. So I just kind of don't understand why they've actually, you know, it was already a short game. Why they've decided to cut more of the meat out? Yeah, it's it does seem like a bit of an odd decision to cut specific moments out of it. Um, they I, they have I'm not going to spoil the set they have added stuff as well that, okay. isn't, that isn't present in the original from my understanding um, so there's kind of like I guess they've replaced certain areas with that um, it does seem like a, an odd thing to do I mean the, the, the rumour going around in, in, on, the, on the world of the internet was that Resi 2 and Resi 3 was originally developed side by side these remakes and they're going to be a double pack and you can 100% see that in Resident Evil 3 the remake because it shares so much of the dna that two had the the controls are almost identical the, some of the locations reappear from where you've been into so i can absolutely see at some point where these games were kind of being built as one package which would have been an amazing package can you imagine that but yeah resi two and three sort of double whammy coming out uh, but for whatever reason they, they at some point they obviously split off and decided that three was going to be is going to be a separate project and it has, it has cost them a little bit because I think a lot of people like you and me were not fatigued but just thought A, it's too soon and B, it's very similar or it looks very similar to, to Resident Evil 2. Um, there are some differences though, like they've introduced a dodge mechanic that Jill, we play as Jill Valentine in this one, that you can use to dodge zombie attacks or dodge nemesis. So if you time your dodge right, so a, a zombie's coming to grab you, it will do like a little bullet time thing so you can aim and let off a few sort of extra bullets straight to the head, um, which is quite right. cool. So that's kind of like a nice little action element added to it. And another thing that was present in the, in the second remake, I should say, was that you had a knife, didn't you? But you used to have a, a certain like durability and it would break eventually. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Not the case in this one. You get a knife and it's unlimited. So okay. <clears throat> where that's the most useful is that when there's a you come into a room, there's a zombie laying on the floor, and you know you're not sure if they're dead or alive. In two, because I was either breaking the knives or I didn't want to use up the knife because I thought I might need it later on, I was having to make a choice each time. Do I waste a bullet checking if they're alive or not, or do I just ignore them and hope that they are dead and they don't catch me out? Um, so they've they've definitely... They've definitely made some changes there as well um, on that. What, what did you think of Nemesis when you first got to go against him on the OG one? Because he's obviously the main event of this. And we've had Mr. X and the Tyrant and Resident Evil 2 make a real impact. But I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on what, what Nemesis was to you back in the day and whether you liked his inclusion in 3. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you the same thing. Because from my point of view, when I played these originally, I think Mr. X on 2 was only in like your second run through. Sure. Or, yeah, so I never saw him. So Nemesis was the first kind of, you know, like 
big baddie that I've never seen in a Resident Evil game, and I absolutely loved it. But also, mm. I guess because of my like sort of brain back then, didn't understand it. It didn't feel like I. Obviously, it's quite scripted. Like having played two recently, Mr. X mm. kind of always be stomping around, and there is no like once he's introduced. He, you know, it feels like, I don't know how it is done. I know there are obviously scripted sections, but generally if he's in your area, he would then hunt you down and he will not go away until, yeah. you know, you either lose him or wait in a safe room for so long. Whereas I understand Nemesis is a lot more just scripted, but I, yes. I thought he was brilliant to be honest. Like from my memory, he starts out looking a bit like Mr. X, but then yeah. by the end of it has mutated into like a ridiculous classic Resident Evil monster. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I also remember we've, the original game there'd be choices often so you literally would have like a a typed up choice on the screen like either like stay and fight or or run and you could choose that and that would then dictate i guess a couple of endings at the end of the game so i don't know if it's the same this time around no they they stripped him out completely for that so there's no there's no choices to be made in the game like he is so if you compare mr x to nemesis nemesis surprisingly is not as menacing i think because I am. I had the wrong idea about how Nemesis was going to work in Resident Evil 3. I thought he was going to be like Tyrant or like Mr. X, but a much more upgraded and powerful version that was just on your backside through the whole game. So I was expecting him to be there for large portions of the game, like Mr. X is. Like when you're in that yep. when you're in that police station, once he's there, he's there, and you have to. You've then got to deal with him until you've got out of that place. And there's other areas where he'll pop up as well. But he's a set piece. He's a set piece here. Um, usually when you need to get from A to Z, he will appear and he just makes your travel to A to Z more stressful. And right. there's various kind of like boss battles that you'll you'll take him on as well. There's like little arena battles for him as well. But you you can you can stun him like it, when you're trying to get from A to Z, for example, and he'll drop items. I think that used to be in the original. He would like drop a maybe a weapon upgrade or ammo or something like that. And the, the same here. Like I was, okay. lo- I was lobbing a grenade at his feet when I had them. I'd knock him down to one knee, drop a little box, and I've had to pick some pick some stuff up. But yeah, I was I was surprised at how how not lack of he wasn't a lack of a threat because when he was around he was a pain in the ass, but he just wasn't there as often as I was anticipating. And I think that ties into the fact that Resi Two you spend a lot of time in that police station trying to get out. Like the first half of the game's almost in there. And you're going around in circles, slowly unlocking like bits of the, the, the police station. It's a bit like a Metroidvania with the keys and stuff. You kind of unlock new areas, you get new weapons, there's sometimes new enemies, all that good stuff. Resident Evil 3 is more is much more linear. Like you'll go through an area, you might go back through it once to get an item, and then if you go to the next part of the game, that, that area's off limits. So there's very little in the way of right. what you had in two, where you spend a lot of time in one area mastering it. Like there was, there was stuff that I missed because I just thought it was going to be like Resi 2. I'll, I'll, I'll eventually be able to come back here and sort of clear it down. But at the moment, Nemesis is out there, so I'm just going to get away from him. But once I'd done that, it, that was it. You don't go back to that area. So Got definitely some changes in that. It pushes you through areas, and there, there are there are lots of points of no return. Whereas Resi 2, there was points of no return or a point, but it signposted that quite clearly. So if you did want to go back and find stuff that you'd missed, it was there. But those are kind of the the main changes, I guess, from from two to three. How, how does that sound to you? Is they, are they positive changes, step backs, or just you know? It sounds a little. I mean, it's not. It sounds like a little bit of a step back to me, but also 
you know, it's fine. It doesn't have to be like a retread of the, you know, the, the game that came previously. It makes sense that it's a little bit different. Yeah. But as you say, you really get to that police station or the mansion in the first ones. They become that kind of extra character, really. Yeah. You know, you the Baker Ranch. Yeah, like as you clear them down and you sort of feel more safe, then you know they might release like a second wave of zombies or like dogs or Lickers something, or you or unlock a new area. Yeah. yeah, exactly, or a new area opens up which isn't cleared down. So, or you know, or yeah, exactly, or like we're on my second playthrough, there'll be like a time where I had a certain run to make and I knew there was like one rogue liquor there, and I was yeah. like, I've not got much energy, and I was kind of like, can I go up there and around the back and then down there and come back through that other way? Like you really get to know it. Yeah. So I guess you're missing out on that, but um, yeah, I mean, I prefer. I mean, I do. To be honest, I've always preferred like the sort of more um, the classic Resident Evils, you know, where it is like out and out survival horror so yeah. uh, you know i although as you said um, at the beginning like how a watershed or whatever resident evil 4 was like a seminal game and ruin, three the, was all, ruin the franchise for survival horror people are saying yeah, kind of, for me it kind of did like i was never as keen on it as other people and i guess even three was the first time it lent towards action a bit, yeah. i mean is it because again i've only played it that one time is it noticeably more action heavy than two um it feels like the set pieces are, I and yeah, probably you get. It feels like you get more ammo, but again, this is kind of memory, not necessarily. Yeah, it's tough. I think it is. I think overall, it's definitely got a more action pace to it. And like I said, because it's moving you through areas quicker, you know, you, you kind of get that feeling that the pace yeah. is just that tone's a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, it's a good point of Resident Evil 4 because that was nothing like what come before it in terms of Resident Evil games. And I love the fact that they just start with 4 and the little blurb at the beginning is like, years ago, Umbrella did all this and it's like, now they're gone. And you, <laughs> you never got, in the mainline series, you never got to take them down, did you? Nah, was, wasn't nah. it like in Umbrella Chronicles or something, like a light gun game where you actually go to the base and yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, left people fuming. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> there's, there's rumours that Resident Evil 4 remakes in the works and that there's apparently there, there could be potential links between 3 and 4 is, is what the rumour is. I don't know if that's true or not. But, okay. But yeah, so maybe they're trying to... Maybe this new remake timeline is going to be a bit more of a... Okay, they lead... We don't just eliminate Umbrella overnight off screen for people who haven't got a fucking light gun to, to go and finish off. Um but yeah, got any, got any other questions or, or queries about Resident Evil Three? Um, I don't know. I don't think I because mean, I want to play this myself, so I'm mm. kind of don't want to go into any sort of spoilery no, details. I won't spoil nothing for this. Don't no, you no, no. I mean, there's a second character, isn't there, from memory as well? Carlos. Um, yes, Carlos. Carlos yeah, yeah. yeah. Is he He's, good? Yeah, How yeah. So like? one thing that's definitely carried over, and I'm not saying that Resident Evil Two had the best character in the world, far from it. But compared to what I'd seen previously, like I've watched lots of playthroughs of the old games like these these are much more developed or believable characters and carlos is good and yeah you get you get to control him for for a segment or two of the game and he's got different weapons rather than having a dodge he can like barge enemies out the way to buy some right. time so there's a little there's, there's differences in playing with him he's he's a great character jewel's a great character and i think overall it's a small cast as it mostly is with resident evil games but they they get enough screen time each of them to get over their little personalities and, and no one feels terribly written or anything like that so 
Carlos is uh, is cool. They've made him. They've made him cool. I don't know what how you come across in the third one, but he's a he's a good bloke in my eyes. Bloody good bloke well, that Carlos. <laughs> I think with the uh, I guess it, by maybe by three it was intentionally bad, but the dialogue has always been <laughs> fucking terrible on this, and no one was coming across cool. No. No, he, he was. Uh, he can. I think you can unlock and change his look back to the original. Like in this one, he's got like a mop, like quite long hair, like a little bit of curly long, like, like yeah. longer hair. Um, and the original's got. He's got quite short hair. There's a little option if you've got one of the DLCs, you can do that. And if you put that on, he looks about 30 years older if you take his hair away. So definitely made the right choice in giving him the long hair for this one. He looks a little bit, you know, like more at his peak, I should say. But um, yeah, he's cool. It's nice to play as him for for a little piece of the game, and uh, Jill's cool as well. She comes across really well. I like I like Jill as a, as a character. Well, go on. Let's do the review. Then I've just got like a couple of like follow up questions. Once I know where this sits for you, and yeah, so we're now doing like a recommendation system. So thumbs up or thumbs down. Game can get two thumbs up, which means that's a you know, yeah, not not gonna say it's game of the year, but I'd say. If you're interested, go and get it. One thumb up, which is slightly below that, but still recommended. Thumbs in the middle, where it's a bit like, yeah, probably take it or leave it. Thumbs down, meaning not the best. And then two thumbs down, which is garbage, basically. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with one thumb up. I was, okay. I, I was toying with two thumbs up, but I think that to ask... The full price for the game was a little bit, little bit insulting, considering what's there. You only have one character, right? At least with two, it was slightly longer, and you had the Jill or the Leon second run to do, which in itself had its own problems. Like continuity-wise, it didn't add up, but you know, it's a bit of a remix of the game. Um, but yeah, I'd give it a one thumbs up, though. Certainly, like if you if you love two then no reason not to pick free up when it's at a price that you think, yes, that's acceptable to me. Like knowing that it took me seven or seven and a half hours to get through going, right, to me that's worth 30 quid or to me that's worth 40 quid. Whatever that price is, don't miss it when, when you when you see it because it's a, it's an, it's a continuation of two. If you enjoyed that, you're going you're gonna to enjoy free. There's nothing, there's nothing terrible really in this game. Got yeah. So then... I'm guessing this one sits just slightly below two for you then. Yeah, like two for, two for me got two would have got two thumbs up. Like I think everyone should have played that game. It's great. Unless you hate survival horror and you know, in which case don't, but absolutely So would there be an would there be an argument then if you were recommending to this somebody who's mm. never played Resident Evil, doesn't really like uh Res- um survival horror games but wants to dip their toe in would there be an argument for giving them this because it is a shorter campaign a little bit more action based yeah absolutely and there are some great callbacks to two as well like you see things that happened or were going to happen in two before they happen and you see how certain certain areas look the way they do because of certain things that happen so even if you just went with free first and then thought, actually, I can handle this. I want a bit more of a longer experience, maybe a bit more of a survival horror experience. Then went back to two. It still perfectly makes sense. And it actually, yeah, I mean, con- it works yeah. either way. Really. They've done a good job of making it work either way. Um, so which is, which is great for people that, that want to play both of them. Cause stories never really be, even though it is a really like, well, I wouldn't say deep, but you know, they, they've tried to like make a, a huge continuing saga with these games. Like the MCU, stories are, isn't it? I think they are, yeah, they're a mess though, aren't they really? And they got, I mean, already by this stage, they were kind of, 
getting a bit convoluted and ridiculous and yeah. it just gets more and more mental the more characters keep coming back i feel like on this remake timeline they might do a better job of just condensing it slightly i don't know if that's true or not but i know i know it's ridiculous in the first instance but i feel like they're a little bit more restrained just a tad that might keep it from you know, being yeah well disaster. the fact that it, you if they avoid like Resident Evil Zero and Code Veronica, because that spirals off into like more of the origins and different strains of the virus, and you're like, fuck it out, I'm so lost with all of this now. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. And and then even like the, the GameCube remake added in other sections and other like antagonists and things and people had got tested on and all sorts. It does become a bit of a mess. But yeah, like you said, if they just kind of a bit more picky about what they do. Yeah. So I guess I guess I think you asked me this last time when I replayed the the remake second thing. Would you be interested in and like more of these remakes? Yes. And if so, which which one them. would you like? I, yeah, I kind of want them to do one just because I think yep. the Spencer Mansion in this setting with this perspective would be great. I for some reason I don't think they will because they're like, well, we've already remade it once, uh, all this stuff, but whatever. One would be my sort of top one. And then I don't know much about Code Veronica or Zero, whether they're worth a worthwhile effort at this, but certainly if it wants to go to four and then bridge the games perhaps better than they did last time, then I'm up for that. I'm up for a new version of four with, with Leon. I mean, has it got to be the president's daughter that he's trying to save? I mean, that, again, we talk about the silliness. That's kind of, it is the president's daughter, isn't it? If I'm yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, ludicrous. That needs to be toned down a bit. Just like governor's daughter, anything. Just not the president's daughter. How's that happening? Um <laughs> So yeah, if they are, man team to say that. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. absolutely. So yeah, absolutely want them to to carry on doing these remakes where they think it will fit into this new universe. I'm kind of ignoring all the other games around it now. I'm just saying like two and three are sort of their own new their, their own new universe or canon or timeline, and I'll be happy to follow that wherever it wants to go. Whether it needs to go back a little bit or forwards, then they're more than happy to. Um, but I'd also be happy to see them have a another timeline that. Resident Evil 7 has created because I mean that is a transition and a half here we go segue time that this is, is, this is spectacular that's what the patrons get I mean everyone gets that because it's free but that's what you're paying for that level of quality there um, before we start with Resident Evil 7 so it is a bit clumsy still because I had, a, had an idea I wanted to do I'm going to put the spoiler warning flag up just in case because it's an old game we've both played it and I do think some of the interesting chat is actually about knowing what goes on in Resident Evil 7. So if you've not played it and you want to play it and you're going to be offended by spoilers, turn it off now. So I'm going to put the flag up. Once the flag's up, then everything's on the table for Resident Evil 7. So here we go. Here goes the... It's a bit stiff. <laughs> ah, fucking thing. It's like a Resident Evil crank, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right that's it so Resident Evil 7 is now in the spoiler zone the spoiler flag is up and don't complain if you get this game ruined you should have played it already if you're interested now I've put off playing this game for years because as with many people I had a bad taste in my mouth on Resident Evil 6 if I'm honest after you bigged up the series to me you made me go back and I went and watched all Resident Evil 1 through 5 like little gameplay movies and stuff so I knew what this whatever story was at that time it's impossible to follow we put six on and I think we got about a quarter of the way through and thought what is this 
And at that point, Resident Evil 6, the best-selling Resident Evil game of the franchise, and then when 7's announced, I've just got zero faith in Capcom in delivering anything good. Was you in the same boat, or was you like, no, they can still turn the ship around? Resi, Resi 6 was the sort of bottom of the slippery slope the series had gone on, with start, probably starting with 5, um, but 7, they can pull it out of the bag and we can get Resident Evil back to where it, where it should be. I, if I'm honest, I can't 100% remember if this is the game that sort of kicked off their renaissance or not. I think it was. Because mm. uh, this is one, yeah, is, is this what the RE engine was made for? I feel like since then. It's the first one I think they did in the RE engine yeah. from the start. So it definitely had a bit of a leg up there. Well, I'm more of a third person man than first person generally. So, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have had much confidence that this game being a game for me. I mean, I like PT and it kind of the trait. Because this was brought out with that um, kitchen, I think, wasn't it? It was like the first That's it. It like was like VR the... demo that Correct. was released at one of the game shows. And I, I mean, that kind of went over my head. I sort of heard in retrospect, oh, is this thing and now it's going to be developed into the new Resident Evil game. And, mm. and that, that had a good buzz. But I, yeah, I, I wasn't like, keen for this game, really. No. Had you, had you played any of the Resident Evil Revelations game, which I think started life on the 3DS and then since then have been ported over and we've had a Revelations 2. Rumour is they're doing Revelations 3, but now they're going to turn that project into Resident Evil 8. So that's, that's going to be a mainline game, so I don't know what's happening with Revelations. But did you ever go down that path with, with Resident Evil? I did, Evil? briefly. So I, did, I had a 3DS and it was one of the first games I got, but... Right. I, never really got on with the controls it's, it's actually probably the only the resident evil game that i've got that i've played the least of um right. it's not terrible but i just wasn't on board for it as much as the other so yeah i've dabbled but that's it just resident evil revelations one right. on 3ds is, and i know it's been ported to like ps4 and all sorts now so probably much easier ways of playing it yeah yeah, absolutely. So this is Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which is an interesting title because in Japan, the series is called Biohazard. I think it's called Biohazard 7 Resident Evil over there. Of course it is. So, Ridiculous. <laughs> it feels like they're almost like, right, let's start again almost. And the what, what better way to do that than to jump on a first-person perspective? Like... I don't know if there's been previous scenes of first person. I don't think there has been in, in the previous Resident Evil games, but they go down this 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 new perspective. And I have long since said that for survival horror, if you want to just be scared, first person is the best way to do that because um, I remember reviewing Outlast many, many years ago, and that was like the first proper survival horror game I'd played in first person. And it was just, the, the tension was in a different league compared to third person. Just for simple things, like you can't use the camera to look around a corner. Yep. Like you, you've got to walk around that corner. And if they're there and they see you, you've had it. But this is a first person game that also has VR capability. Now I know you played through the game first sort of vanilla, but then went back and dabbled with VR is VR just an absolute different level of, you know, tension and? It's my being in that little house in VR yeah. had. I mean, it was fine because we'd played through it, so we knew where the jumps were. Sure, but nah, fuck that, mate. It's, you you wouldn't want to do it. It's just too stressful. No, it's not an enjoyable experience whatsoever. No, do you think any of the game was compromised by there being a VR version of this? Because you can play the whole game in VR. So do you think at any point the game was sort of? 
did you notice anything i guess would be a better question that actually i can see this is a a vr game trying to pass itself off as a as a console game no not at all um because i played the whole game through like as you say like on the vanilla like normal controls no i thought it was great and and to be honest in vr just kind of i mean the controls are a bit wonky and it does make you feel a bit sick so that's that's your problem but i remember like looking around that house like up and you can like see like the damp coming through the floorboards above Mm -hmm. you and it's it just you can almost smell it it's disgusting that place and (laughs) you know the kitchen with all the fucking insects in the pots and pans and that like it's so grimy such a miserable setting Mm. It look, no, I would say it wasn't compromised, and the VR kind of enhances, at least visually. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, that like dinner table section as well, fantastic right. in VR. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but controls are a bit poor, to be honest. Yeah, that yeah, that's the, that's the one thing with VR is that sometimes they can't get the controls spot on because it's one of the few games where it's first person, but you you can move the character independently without teleporting, and that yeah. that is what can turn people's stomachs upside down but back to the the vanilla version of the game um i messaged you the other day and i was just randomly thinking i thought this might be the best opening to a survival horror game that i've played and i was racking my brain thinking let's have a look what are the recent ones um what's that bloody one with sebastian i forgot the evil within yeah um resi 2 remake and i thought I can't think of anything in a survival horror setting, Outlast as well, Alien Isolation, um, that is as brutal, shocking, scary, and just sets the scene perfectly for like that portion of the game as Resident Evil 7. I really think the opening of this is just like... It's crazy from the get-go, and it and it it doesn't just throw you into the craziness. It ranches up the tension, and then it all kicks off thoughts yeah i mean i 100 percent agree and i actually think that for me the, f- the front half of these games are always like in survival horror generally are always my favorite yeah sections your know, first sort of four hours and i mean i know you're talking about probably the first one and a half hours but yeah it's super strong like the approach to the house getting in the house yeah. first interactions well with uh, is it mia your yeah, girlfriend it, yeah yeah you know something's not fucking right with her straight away and then from that moment, all hell breaks loose, really, doesn't it? Yeah, and and this 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 really is great. Like, if you've not played that opening, like, it's worth just going through that just once because it is it's fantastic. And also, it, this is throughout the game. There's 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 things that can happen in that opening stanza that won't happen for everyone. Like, if we go up to the stage where maybe a little bit further on, like when when Jack's in, you're, you're fighting him in the garage and stuff like that. The car. Yeah, he can yeah. he can get in the car and start trying to oh, run you over that. it if you wait I ages. Got in the car. I got in the car as well, yeah. There's yeah. there's a bit where you can get your leg chainsawed off. I guess that's before sort of the dinner bit. Like if you do a certain things. Uh, it's crazy. Oh, I had no idea of that. There's all right. these little like extra bits that are in there depending on sort of guess not choices you've made but how the game's perceiving that you're playing so i think that's really clever because when i was reading up on those i was like that's that's really good that's that, that's really good for sure but we take control of this this fella called ethan and again rookie at the game i've told you what what games i have and haven't played but ethan feels quite unique to the series in that he's not a cop he's not a stars agent he's not a special he's just this bloke who's fiance girlfriend wife whatever mir is has gone missing he's got a message to go and find her and he just sort of sets off as a normal person 
I don't know whether the normal protagonists are, if there's any like that in the series. There probably is, but I've, I've, my, my lack of experience is costing. No, I don't. I think you're right. They're, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think as you say, they're all either police. I mean, obviously there are a couple of like secondary characters. I think there's a convict in um, Resident Evil Zero, but no, he's the most like bog standard civilian. Getting yeah. caught up in this absolutely ridiculous situation. Yeah, everyone else I think is sort of military or at least got some training. He he's well out of his depth. Yeah, and it and it shows during the game like it's he's he's a, he's a mess throughout it. And I think that's just a, an interesting take on it, considering how much of the game has been etched in the Redfields, the Valentines, the the Leons of this world, and that you've got this random fella um out there and i also liked the overall kind of story of seven like it's still resident evil game despite what that opening might present to you like initially it feels like you're led to believe that this family is basically like the texas chainsaw mob you know that they're just this weird family who are just abducting people and doing god knows what to them but as time goes on, slowly but surely, it becomes more like a true Resident Evil game. Like there's bioweapons that are still causing havoc. And I really enjoyed unraveling the mystery and getting to that point because you kind of discover that the Bakers are victims in this, really. And they've, they've been compromised by this, by this bioweapon that's, that's, that's rocked up on their ranch. Yeah, there's two of my favourite things about this game. One, as you say, like the start, it just feels... I can imagine a lot of people... I mean, it's a great game, but going, oh, it's not Resident Evil, getting yeah, annoyed. Yeah, yeah. But they do a great job of swirling this completely new idea in, as you say, it, one, it feels like a Resident Evil as you play it, even though it's in first person. Yeah. And the storyline for quite a big section is nothing like a normal Resident Evil. And two, I love the fact they just show you all the Baker family. Like, here you go. Yeah. And then after that, the level, you know, each section of the game will be kind of based around one of the Bakers. And, you know, be kind of quite unique in like location and, you know, sometimes puzzles and mm. and whatnot. I thought they were, it was really, really clever game design, level design, character design. Yeah, because the fact that you just take it from third to first. But, you know, just picking up the healing items, picking up the weapons, upgrading yeah. the weapons, like uh, weapon, like storage management, all of those things. You know, you've got that safe section with the it's like a trailer, isn't it now, That's rather it, yeah. than um, like typewriter rooms. And you can unlock some, you know, upgrades there as well. Get the magnum in there if you get those coins. Yeah. I see the coins you collect. So, yeah, I thought they were that was this whole thing was brilliant. I don't know about your thoughts on this. Yeah. Like definitely enjoyed the, the design of the game. It still had that, you know, that's what Resident Evil was built across really. Cause we, we talked about how cheesy the storylines were. No one was tuning in for that. They were tuning in for the puzzle solving and the, the combat and the, and the, the need to survive. And the Baker ranch itself is, I kind of wondered the other day, is it, I don't know if it's like a homage to the Spencer mansion, like this big ground where there's lots of complicated bits and pieces on there. You can even find notes in the Baker Ranch that reference, you know, certain parts they've bought or built to, to I make love it more that. sturdy. Like, like it's just like tongue in cheek, knowing yeah. like how ridiculous what this like looks like, yeah. and trying to sort of retcon it in some sort of <laughs> why some 
buy like puzzles because it's those like a well, um, shadow puzzles. Yeah, a lot, isn't that's it. it yeah, so kind of makes no sense. No. But yeah, they kind of try and make it make sense in the game world. They do quite a good job of it, I guess. Yeah, and and, and it, it becomes a character, doesn't it? The whole ranch, the whole fi- the, the fields of it, and the the premises. Like much like the Spencer Mansion, like you get to know that that house, that initial kind of mansion part of the house quite well throughout the game. And as usual, all interconnected at some point. Um, other than yeah, you know, absolutely, your short sort of boat trip. But the Baker Ranch is a great setting. Like you said, it's a horrible shithole as well. And one of the DLCs, and I'll get to it later, but it's like a um, a prequel almost to it. And I'll be honest, it's a bit of a shithole still. So even before they sort right. of get compromised, they're not looking after that place properly. They seem like nice enough people, but don't expect them to have been a clean family before that. They weren't. So not getting a four or five on a hygiene level. Oh no, sure. she's got some soup on the go, and I had a little look in the bowl, and I was like, it still doesn't look that appetizing if I'm honest Margaret that's not that's not doing it for me uh what, what did you think of the, the boss fights because that's something that definitely Resident Evil always has these big moments and these these big boss fights I, I genuinely quite liked most of them um there's a couple maybe the one with Jack and you got to get the chainsaw which felt oh like yeah a- it was a bit yeah that's right you you had to knock him into those like swinging bits of meat or something, and it wouldn't quite work for me. I yeah. think. Yeah. That- well, basically, in the end, I was doing that for ages, and because one of the one I died once, it said, "Don't waste bullets on Jack. You can't kill him." So I went shooting him. I was trying to kick him with these things. It weren't working, and eventually, I just shotgunned him in the head four times, and he went down, morphed, <laughs> and then got that big fucking claw thing that he gets out with like blades and stuff and then I could access the chainsaw to fight him with oh there's so, like a little one-on-one duel that's yeah. it I, re- I remember I can't if I'm honest I can't 100% remember it but I remember being frustrated on that exact bit actually yeah. it wasn't just yeah it wasn't quite working right how I, you know like you kind of know through like game knowledge what yeah. you're meant to be doing or whatever and it just wasn't quite working in the way that I knew it was meant to be working no agreed i, I really like the, the when you take on margaret when she's like a spider creature in that greenhouse and she's like roaring round and if you let her spend too much time on her own she'll lay like a an insect egg that will then put those horrible flies in your face that you've got to go and yeah yeah so yeah you're kind of chasing around this premises just trying to wipe her out as quickly as possible but she can get through little crevices and stuff i really liked that as a boss fight if i'm honest yeah, I didn't. To be honest, game like later in the game, there's like you. I think it's maybe the third time you fight Jack, and he's just like just blob of shit. Yeah, yeah, absolute blob of. That's proper custard. Resident Evil. There, that's when you're like, right, this is now. It's, <laughs> it's like they just they go. It's like a really nice escalation, like, like Pokemon, and then they just go, ah, yeah. they just fucking spew up all over the page, and go, well, that's what you're dealing with. And you're like, well, that's gone a bit far. And then the last boss for me was a bit of a non-event, really. It's not really a boss, is it? No, you just oh, did, you, did you see that coming? Like the fact that she was going to be yeah. involved. I kind of because it looks because when you get to the family, you you just it's this woman in a wheelchair through the whole game. This is another great thing they did with the story, and she's just sitting there, and it's really weird because if you move, she sort of turns her head and looks at you, but you can't interact with her, you can't shoot her. She's seemingly no threat, um, and you just assume she's like Nana Baker. But it turns out, actually, she's the, the bioweapon. She's kind of got these... She's infected the family, mind control, that good stuff. And, yeah, I think there's some notes that, that mention that she's started to age. Like, she starts, That's off, it, yeah. she starts off a little girl. And then when I saw that, I was like, oh, fucking hell, it's going to be Nana, who's not Nana. She's Evelyn. She's an evil bitch. But 
I, I yeah, I, did, I thought it was really clever to have her sort of just there a few times, and you're a bit like weirded out by her because she's creepy because she's sitting in this wheelchair, but she's not interfering. So you just forget about her. And then later on, if you read the notes, you'll be like, "Hang on a minute, it's going to be her, isn't it?" And yeah, I, I liked that. I thought that was really good. And then the one other thing now, I sort of half remember this, and it's kind of again a good bit of marketing, sort of a bit PT esque is. But I can't remember exactly how the concept works. Um, tell me about those. You know, so basically, I think there's videotapes. As you get into a new yeah. section, you get to play. You can. But is it optional? Yeah, I'll let you go through it. But they yeah, are these optional. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here we go. So you can pick up these these videotapes. I don't know why they're still using videotapes. This one's set in 2017. Like I, I understand seeing all the lo-fi stuff in the remakes because they're still set in 98, 99, whenever it was. But they are the, they are backwards bakers, I guess. So maybe. You can pick up these tapes, and then it's optional, as far as I know, whether you actually do them or not. Because what they tend to do is you'll put it in, and then you'll play the character from the, or the videos, you know, who, whoever's filming, basically, their perspective. So you play one as Mia, where you're trying to get away from Margaret, and she's trying to, like, fucking bug you out. And you play a couple as that little film film bloke called Clancy, who's a cameraman. And they're and he was the one in the, like, playable trailer they did. Wasn't correct, they? Like, yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So that beginning hour or whatever it's called, it was is part of that. And yeah, you can play through those bits. And what they often do is they foreshadow what might happen to you as Ethan. And if you're paying attention, you can suss out some of the puzzles or where to go next, or even you know figure out that actually there's no way of doing this a traditional way. I'm going to have to think outside the box. I'm, I'm thinking of the one where you do the happy birthday tape. And it's basically a death room that that, that oh, Lucas yeah, sets up yeah. for you. And as you go through on the tape, you can't do anything other than die in that situation. Like it, that's where Clancy ultimately dies, is that he gets set on fire in, in that happy birthday room. Um, but when you do it through Ethan, you notice that you can you can get all the passwords without having to trigger certain events. So the the one thing that kills you as Clancy is that you undo a little, you take a like a little screw out of a uh, a container that's leaking then petrol so when the room sets on fire it kills him now because you know that because you've watched and played the video when you come to do it as ethan you just don't take that tool you can just go straight to what the passwords are they've not changed and then that's how you get around it and i really like that that yeah they're optional but if you do them you you will find something clever out about them um but again while they're using tapes Thing. I think I think the main the main criticism I had is just one whole section of the game and that's like the ship section. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like it reveals a lot of the story actually. Like that's where you find out about what Mia's doing there, all this good stuff. But I just thought the whole section was a bit weak source. Yeah, like, I totally agree. I feel like with all Resident Evils for me, the later sections in terms of just like one setting, there it feels like they they poured their heart and soul into the first like two-thirds of the game and by the end of it they're like ah, i'm getting fed up of this yeah <laughs> laboratory again yeah i do and i feel like not only yeah. <sighs> yeah i feel like this one was a little bit poorer than usual i really yeah. didn't enjoy it that no. that last setting no, i got turned around so often and trying to suss out where to go uh, i use one of those coheat co- corrosive sorry um lock breakers on just like a random little like ammo crate and 
for ages I couldn't find another corrosive thing and now I needed one to get into like the, the, the captain's office and I was getting really pissed off at myself I was like well, why did I waste it on that um, but yeah I, I, kinda, I didn't like that area at all and it's I thought like how's a ship like that just sort of sitting there like in the bayou near the bakers and no one's no one's picked up on it but yeah that, that section was a bit poor narratively it opens up and kind of tells you a lot of what's going on but yeah, you, I like the bit before. I know we've spoke about this off air, but there's a nice little choice in this game as well, where yes. there's like one of the bakers is actually helping you. Zoe, uh, yeah. Like she's, yeah, she's like your guide. She'll call you somehow again. Low tech knows where you are in the house and will ring you Landline. and give you a little bit of a tip. And but she's been she's 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 been like infected and needs some serum. But so mm. does your Mrs. Mia. Yeah. And you have to make a choice at, over who to help. Have you read like what happens either way here? I haven't. No, I chose me, and right. I think you did as well. Because, like, as if you're going to choose anyone other than your wife, that is the the canonical choice as well. I know that much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the canon way. I think if you so, I was watching a playthrough of that section, funny enough, and they they chose me as well. And then they were talking about it was on Easy Allies. They were talking about what happens if you choose Zoe. And apparently, she just dies. Like, that's it. Yeah. When you when yeah, you get to the boat on or the boat. something. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems like weak The same thing that you ever knocks you off kills her basically. Yeah, that's what's the point in doing that. And then actually, the other thing I wanted to ask you about because I remember not enjoying this is like the enemies in this, like sort of the most of the enemies. They're not your traditional zombies. So each section, Mm. you've got one of the bakers to deal with in like there, and butter isn't zombies now it's they're called molded is that's that right it. yeah they're called molded yeah i kind of initially didn't like them i was like this is just they're just like bog standard stuff and then like as the game went on i was like oh, it's quite cool kind of like shooting off their legs or the, one of their arms or blowing their head up or stuff like they 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 were the kind of most resident evil thing like in the early game that kind of just gives you that attachment that is still a resident evil game so I, I came to sort of accept them for what they were but they weren't weren't overly they didn't feel like there's a lot of thought put into them like there's these clear like liquor rip-offs that aren't anywhere near as good as liquors like the little four-legged ones so yeah they're not great they're like the fodder enemy of the game so you do fight them a lot and that's pretty much all you fight on that ship which is probably why perhaps we didn't like that as much yeah but yeah they're, they're not and you've said great. it before You've said it before about the sort of Resi 2 remake and 3. Like, those zombies are the best zombies oh, you yeah. get in video games, like, bottom line. So, anything's going to have a hard time against them. And these are yeah, pretty poor enemy design, even in, you know, not against that. They're not the most imaginative things in the world, are they? Yeah, it's hard work, I guess. Like, if you don't do zombies, what do you do that's, you know, a shape that's easy like, for fodder enemy? It can't be easy. But there's a couple cause exactly because I've, I've played this a bit backwards. I played Resi 2 remake before playing Seven. Um, there's a couple of things like item management and the map that weren't in Seven that were in Two. So the main thing right. I noticed was that it doesn't tell you, or at least I didn't notice, it doesn't tell you in Seven when you can discard an item. So I was fucking carrying right. around that scorpion key for like 80% of the game. And you, you don't need it after like the first three hours. Because in two, it'll put a little cross or a bin sign next to it saying, right, you can get rid of this now. You don't need it. Just a little touch like that. Because an inventory space is always a pain in the ass. So yep. little things like that. And I think the map as well in two and, and three is great because it kind of tells you if you've cleared an area or a room. You don't really get that here. It'll show you where there's a locked door and whatnot, but it won't necessarily say if you've got all the items in that room. So if you want to try and get what you can, you can't. But overall, 
good, good, good to great game. Like really puts the series back on track. I feel sorry for those people that have skipped it because they hated six so much. I don't blame them, but you're genuinely missing out on like a good game here, like rating wise or like recommendation wise. I'll probably give it two thumbs up because I love the fact that it's a different Resident Evil game. Like I, you, I can now in theory have this remake series going on third person and then now like from seven onwards perhaps a first person set of these games and i'm, I'm open to seeing that so i would give it two yeah we'll up. Do- lovely and i'm guessing that i mean i think they're probably gonna do it what a second a trilogy of these first person ones and finish because that's the other thing i guess another ultimate segue right at the end you get the kind of most resident evil thing ever like one of the old characters comes in as yes. part of the extraction team and then sort of feeds into the dlc as well as far as i know right yep correct so the dlc there's kind of like six bits of dlc well seven or eight bits of dlc two of them are mini games so ones where you've got to run around the house and get jack some food like stupid like mini games not canical or anything yeah. like that so you've got to you got to run around and do that. Another one's called Ethan Must Die, and that's like another sort of level almost where you've got to get through the Baker house doing various things, but the difficulty is ultra hard, like two hits and you're right. dead. And it has, and all the all the item drops are randomised. There's those bomb boxes still that Lucas sets off for you, so they're annoying. They've seen them kill people. Um, it's got a little bit of Dark Souls in it, like you can go to where you last died and pick up your stuff. You get there without dying, so that's kind of cool. But okay, super super hard. Ethan must die, like ridiculously hard. And then the DLC off that's split into like two sections. You've got banned footage, which is more of these yep. videotapes that have seemingly been released. And then you've got two, what I'd say are more traditional DLC packs in Not a Hero and End of Zo. So banned footage, three of yep. those are Clancy again. So you find out what happened to him uh, before he gets burnt to death by Lucas. Uh, one's called yep. Nightmare. That's a horde mode. So you get Jack throws you in the basement and you've got to survive until dawn, which essentially equates to five waves. Um, you start off okay. with you start off with nothing, but you pick up scrap, which you can use to craft weapons, ammo upgrades, set traps, activate turrets. And to get more scrap, you have to start these compactors that are located around the basement. There's like three of them or four of them. And over time, they will produce scrap. So you've got to run, grab the scrap, go back to your workbench, create stuff and survive, basically. And you know, at the end of each wave, there'll be like a, either a load of enemies thrown at you or sometimes Jack will turn up and you've got to put him down. Um, so that's like a nice action bit of DLC there. You've got bedroom, which is essentially um, an escape room puzzle. You know those things they advertise in real life where they're like, oh, a group of 10 of you in a room, yeah, how do you get yeah, it? Yeah. It's that, but in a game. Uh, the twist here is that Margaret's running it, that bloody insect slapper, and <laughs> yeah. she's um, she will come into the room if you make too much noise, and she will hurt you, like she'll blow all that insect crap in your face, and it'll take away a bit of health, if she notices anything's out of place from like when you originally right. left it. So as you get up and explore... And like move things around in order to do the puzzles. If she suddenly gives you like a minute warning, it's like right now I've got to try and put everything back as a best I remember it before she comes in. And then um, if you don't, she'll hurt you. And eventually, if you do it too many times, she'll kill you. So that's quite a little interesting tip about it. Keep got to get your wits up. Again, like zero action in this one. It's purely puzzle based. Um, yeah. And whatnot. Then you've got Twenty One, which is Lucas's little game where he sets up Black Jack. Black Jack, sorry. Um, and you're playing against another sort of AI player, random bloke who you don't know, and it's a death trap game. Like win, win the hands, and he'll die. Lose the hands, you'll die. 
Um, so they're the sort of free Clancy based ones. And then Daughters is the prequel DLC I was mentioned earlier, which I thought had real great potential because I was thought, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get a really good look at the Baker family, like the dynamic before the shit went down. So you can see them as normal people. Um, yeah. And you get like so a... He, f- you, oh, you're playing as Zoe, sorry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and and you get you get that for a flash. Like you, Jack comes in with Evelyn and is like, oh, I just found this girl washed up again. Uh, I'll put her in the guest room. And then they they mention that there's another sort of guest that's staying in that trailer that you save. Yeah. Um, but after about five minutes, like when you're, you're tasked to go and put some new clothes on Evelyn because she's wet. Like that's when she gets up and causes havoc. So you only right. really get like a couple of minutes of like normality, which was I thought was a bit of a missed boat. I'd love to have would have seen seen how they all you know were, were interacting just for like maybe twenty minutes, and then yeah. it all, and then all the shit goes down. And then as though you've just got to get out or try and escape. And there's there's two there's two endings to that. Like there's two paths you can take. One is like the true path as they call it, and then the other ones um, like what if scenario like what if you try okay. this so there's a couple of different playthroughs you can do for that but that's all the band footage stuff so they're sort of like a collection of like little segments probably take about 45 minutes to an hour on each of them okay um, 21 can be frustrating because you are a bit of like luck of the draw like sometimes it'll just fuck you over and you'll get 21 you're like right <laughs> How's that? How's that working? But definitely the meat of the DLC is not a hero and end of Zoe. Not a hero is the one with Chris Redfield that you mentioned. So yep. you are part of Umbrella, like it's their biohazard like cleanup team, I guess. So it sounds like Umbrella have kind of resurrected under like a, a good banner, but who knows? I guess we'll find out in later entries. You get an automatic rifle, you get a shotgun, you can stun enemies with bullets, then punch them and kill them. And you're essentially chasing Lucas around in that one. So a lot, okay. lot more action heavy. Has like, you're in the mines mainly. So I didn't like the mines either too much. No, that's so, when it started getting weak. And then, yeah. Yeah. So that's not great. The, the, the mines are okay. They introduced a couple of new enemy types, but it's mainly just an excuse for you to, to get some action in, I guess. Um, and, and play as Chris Redfield. Uh, and then you've got End of Zoe, which is set two weeks after the events of Seven. And you take control of Joe Baker, who's Jack's brother. So like, okay. So like Zoe's uncle. And all you're essentially trying to do here is save Zoe, who uh, at the end of the game, kind of we don't know what's happened with her. You sort of leave her on that little platform. And she's like, there's no escape. And you're like, well, I have to save my wife or whatever it is. Um, but Joe finds her and she's like slowly dying from the infection. And that, the aim of the game is to try and save her you know, get a vaccine, right. all this stuff. But there's like a big horrible monster in the swamps that's lurking around that you've got to try and take care of as well. Standard sort of enemies as well. The real twist here is that there's no guns. Um, this is a melee-focused DLC pack. So you oh, punch you punch okay. the molded in the head <laughs> and crush the head when you knock them over with your feet. So it's a good twist on the formula. Like It, it ties up... It's kind of like the, any loose ends, like major loose ends from Resi 7, like what happened to people. And then does what DLC, I think, should do is, is try and do something a bit different with the core gameplay. And definitely, you know, just smashing and beating up Mould is quite a good way of, of doing that. Nice. And to remind me, so is one of these DLCs free and one's paid for? Yeah, so it? not a hero's paid for. The band footage yeah. are paid for and they're in two volumes. Um, and End of Zoe is paid for, so it's only not a hero that's free. Okay, that's the okay. free one they announced. Um, but I had, I, so I 
borrowed this game off Biff and he had the gold edition which comes with all of it and nowadays I've seen the gold edition go on sale for like 10 UK pans so Jesus right not even close is it if you haven't got the game get the gold edition you'll find it for a 10 and you get all this and the base game which is a good took me about nine and a half hours which I think is a good spot for a survival horror game yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, because there's only so much you can play before wanting a break with this, innit? You can clear a section down and then yeah. say, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Nice one. Any questions on the DLC or any other Resident Evil 7 faults? No, mate. It all just sounds good. To be honest, it kind of makes me want to go back, really. But I think I'll, I'll crack on with 3 at some point and then uh, maybe revisit and have a look at this DLC when I do. Yeah, sweet. Right. We'll close this particular episode down then. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Remember, we'll be back here next Monday with more Idle Game Chat. So thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.